0: This week on Regen the E Racing Podcast, we talk about Project E and its inaugural season has a start date. We also talk about Formula E because it started. Formula E is back and it is it is stunning and we talk about it in length, the first race of the Deria E Pre. Here we go. Hello and welcome to Regen, the e-racing podcast. I'm your host Dino and I'm joined once again by Chris Soulsby, a man who never sleeps but always comes up with the goods.
1: Hello, how are you? You know, that is the most accurate one yet. You know what is sleep? I'm not entirely sure with you. I've been trying
0: to catch the races, but um, being in New Zealand, they were midnight till 2.30 in the morning. And it uh, oh. just didn't didn't work out for me. Did not work out for me.
1: Oh, that's awful. That's, oh, that's horrible. At least you can watch practice at a reasonable time.
0: Yeah, practice. Practice yeah, was good. Yeah, practice that's, that's was great. on and qualifying. Uh, so practice was midday and qualifying was about, when was it? It was about eight o'clock, eight o'clock at night until about 10. So it was, yeah, perfect, perfect. Okay, yeah, yeah,
1: that's that's quite nice, actually. Yeah. I think, what time was it for me? Uh, About four o'clock in the morning. Oh. <laughs> four, four till twelve, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's pretty rough.
1: Yeah, it, it wasn't very nice with it being a doubleheader either, I won't lie, because... I mean, it was a nice start of the season, but... oh
0: timing as we'll talk about but yes yes i can imagine horrible um we we won't get into media of the week we will save that because we have plenty to unpack in this one but uh first up i was on the hit the apex podcast uh jawad he is brilliant so go and check that out. It was really good. We talked a bit about Formula E, um, a little bit about the new rules and uh, a little bit of regulations. And yeah, I found it really interesting. And Jawad is always great. Mm-hmm. He's always insightful. Uh, and yeah, go check him out on at Hit the Apex Media on Twitter is probably the best way to get him. And with that, straight into the news. A quick congrats to Matteo Ferrari winning the Moto E Championship. And Matteo Ferrari, he basically took it by the scruff of the neck in the closing rounds of the championship. And to be honest, it's good to see Ferrari winning a championship. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, Mic I dropped. did go there. Savage. Boom.
1: <laughs> Oof. <laughs>
0: Have you had a chance to check out the Moto E of late, Chris?
1: I haven't, unfortunately. I think the last race I watched was Austria, which might have been the second race of the season. I'm not sure. But I know it was between Ferrari. And was it Eric Granado? Granado? That's the one. Yeah. 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 I haven't seen any more, but it's something that I'll definitely catch up on because the best thing is the races were short and manageable to watch. They were very easy to watch and, you know, very exciting as well, so looking forward to that in the second season uh, for next year.
0: Yeah, you could basically binge the whole season in an hour and a half if you really wanted to because the races are only 8 minutes.
1: Exactly, exactly. You know, Moto E is the new Game of Thrones. You heard it, you heard it here first. One more thing before we get on to the
0: Formula E Project E. There is a calendar schedule that is now available. So Project E is going to visit Belgium, Norway, Germany, Latvia, and a final destination, which is TBC. Uh, the news coming out of Jake Kilshaw, E Racing, three six five, Project E, Spa Francorchamps, Hell. Uh, then we go to the TBC. Then the Nurburgring. Now that's that an interesting good, yeah. one, Nurburgring, uh, and Riga in Latvia. So I will put that in the show notes. But uh, yeah, looking forward to some Project E and uh, the events. Five of them at this stage. 2020 start. Yeah, that will
1: be good when that starts. Very excited about Project E.
0: Okay, into some quick stuff from the i E Trophy. Uh, the love of Chris's life currently. Kind of- Simon Evans winning the first E Trophy race in Deria. What a great start. Absolutely stellar start from him, the Kiwi and really taking it to Sergio Jimenez. We didn't see Caca Bueno, uh, as he had some was it a touring car championship race to attend to?
1: Yeah, he was racing in he was racing in Stockcar Brazil, in somewhere in Brazil I'd imagine, you know. Common sense. Um but yeah, he was replaced by Mario Haberfeld. So no caca in the first two races, sadly. I think Jimenez
0: could have gone could have really used him, uh, especially as Ellis Powell and Abby Eaton mm. were at points all over the back of Sergio. And to be honest, I think he really needed his rear gunner there.
1: Yeah, I think Buena, sorry, Jimenez really needed uh, that teammate who was capable. And Mario Haberfeld, it was his first race in 10 years, bless him. Um, and yes, he, he did all right, but he was very far off the pace. He was mixing it with the pro-arm drivers um so he really needed that rare support from his teammate and that didn't quite happen yeah it was pretty a pretty easy looking win for mm-hmm. the kiwi
0: yeah abby eaton Alice powell what were your thoughts for them uh abby obviously in the in one of the two jaguar ipace vip cars but mm-hmm. Alice, start of her season how did you think they went
1: I think Alice Powell was brilliant. Um, I think we'll see her win some races this year at least, uh, because she she certainly didn't she didn't do anything in half measures, did she? she it was flat out racing in the IPC Trophy, and the attack mode implementation works a treat. And Alice Powell was making moves left, right, and centre. I mean, Sergio Jimenez would have been looking in his rear mirror in race one, just thinking, oh my God, like, what do I do here? Because she was going everywhere around the outside, up the inside. It was brilliant. And Abby Eaton, I mean, for our first time in the car, in a ra- in race situation, she was brilliant as well. I mean, Abby Eaton is a very quick driver. She's won championships and is quite a defiant driver in GTs and, like you know, the touring cars. I want to see more. I want to see her with a full time drive because that was Stella. She was really good. Really good.
0: Yeah, no, it was uh, a very good start to the season. Sad not to see RLL racing this season, Chris. Do you have an update on what they're up to?
1: So, um, yeah, I mean, it caught me out by surprise massively because at the end of the first season, I think. Was it Brian? I think it was Brian Sellers Brian Sellers led on the RLL I got the impression that RLL were looking for a second season in the IPC trophy and then all of a sudden nothing uh, which means we've lost two cars from the pro grid and then we've also lost TWR to Cheetah which is also a massive shock because I was told that James Rossiter was going to drive for them by a very senior source within that team.
0: Yeah that's a shame
1: so that's a bit of a shock as well I mean before the start of the season I was doing some digging and was talking to a certain driver on the IPA grid and I was told that there were 16 cars present in pre-season testing and then we got a 10 car grid for the first two races of the season I don't know if there's going to be more drivers coming in or what but it's a bit of a low key start for its second season really bearing in mind we had 12 cars last year um, and they were expecting a 17 car grid, I believe. So I will find out more on that one and, uh, get back to you.
0: Yes. I just hope that they have two VIP drivers every race. Mm-hmm. That would be great. I think they'll
1: have to, <laughs> in all honesty. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And there's this more chance eventually of getting you in the seat too. That'd be nice.
1: Oh, you know, someday, someday I will make my IPC trophy debut. And, you know, get driving lessons from Sergio Jimenez, and it's going to be great.
0: <laughs> excellent, excellent. Watch this space. Now, the... <laughs> Watch this space. <laughs> right. Formula E. Qualifying. Heading into Super Bowl. Alexander Sims, Stoffel Van Dorn, Nick DeVries, Eduardo Mortara, Sam Bird, and Jerome D'Ambrosio. Now, a few there that I, I did not expect to be in superpole for the first race of the season. <laughs> Can you guess which ones, Chris?
1: Well, I'm going to say Stoffel Van Dorn, Nick de Vries, and Edouard Mortara, and possibly Jérôme D'Ambrosio.
0: Well, it just seems to me that I picked the wrong Mahindra, to be honest, <laughs> because uh, I had Verline picked for the first win of the mm-hmm. season, but I expected Mahindra to be there, always start quick. Nick de Vries. Stoffel van Dorn and Eduardo Mortara. Now, if we take it back a couple of weeks into our last podcast, we thought that maybe for those two, it would take a while to build. A new powertrain uh, for Venturi, uh, as well as Mercedes, but absolutely nailing it out of the blocks.
1: Yeah, it was, it was the last thing that we expected. I think it was the last thing that the entire paddock expected because at the first available opportunity, Mercedes EQ and Venturi, who were obviously powered by Mercedes this season, were on the pace immediately and got three of the four power cars into Superpole. Felipe Massa made a mistake on his final lap in qualifying and would have been there or thereabouts.
0: Yeah, he would have been, yeah.
1: It's impressive, isn't it? It's caught us all off guard, and um, I think we might need to readjust our predictions for this season. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think yes. I think you're. I think you're right there because I mean, none of us expected it in in qualifying. Obviously, we saw the it was based in championship order of last season for the group qualifying stages. So the likes of Stoffel van Dorn were in group three. And then Nick De Vries started from group four as he's a rookie in the championship group one. saw it's usual disadvantage. So it was a very dirty track. Um, the likes of, uh, uh, Degrassi, uh, Verne, Evans, Buemi struggle for lap time. They started very low down in the field. I believe I want to say John Eric Verne was the highest starting one of those. And I think he was like 11th or 12th on the grid, uh, for the first race of the season. So yeah, we really saw that track evolution, and that really played into the hands of Mercedes EQ and Venturi Racing. Massively. Massively. I don't know if it's because they've got a quick powertrain, you know, or a quick car, or if it was just the track conditions, but they really came out of the blocks immediately and you know, said, we're here to win in this championship, which is massively impressive already.
0: It is, and I think our predictions are going to be a little bit wrong this season,
1: just just saying.
0: Now, Sam Bird, he was pretty much pegged on for pole, but made a mistake, and that was it for him. So he ended up in fifth, uh, D'Ambrosio having an absolute shocker uh, in, in Superpole. But, um, yeah, I think that Virgin car was massively quick all weekend. In race one, I think there was no beating it, Chris. There was no beating it.
1: I'd say I think the Virgin car was, it was probably the quickest car in the first race of the weekend. Sandbird was the fastest driver in the group qualifying stages. And that was by, it was only by eight hundredths, but his lap time was very, very quick. And if he had not that made that mistake in his final two hundred and fifty qualifying run, you know, it, i think he would have been on pole realistically because that car was it was fantastic. Yeah it was. It's a very efficient car and it's a very fast car. It's a very encouraging sign for the team, certainly, this early in the year. Right, Super Pole.
0: Uh, actually, before we talk about Alexander Sims and absolutely carrying over from the back end of mm-hmm. last year this great form. Wanted to talk about Andre Lotterer in seventh. New team, great qualifying session from him. But this one, tenth, Oliver Turvey.
1: Yes. I mean, (laughs) I think a couple of episodes ago, I turned around and said, Neo-triple-three, Formula E team. I don't think they'll get any points this year. And then Oliver Turvey puts it in 10th place in qualifying. And I'm just thinking, like, throughout the weekend, I was watching the tv and just thinking to myself he better not finish in the top 10 because because if he does I've, I've got to read my words and at the end of qualifying i was so angsty uh, <laughs> <it> <laughs> performs. I'm thinking, oh no <laughs> i look like
0: an idiot now what did i say um what did i say oh yeah yeah Turvey you will get a point surely uh-huh. you yeah he's brilliant he'll just uh-huh. he'll put it where it's not meant to be yeah that's um.
1: You're telling Tervy, you're saying Tervy's going to get points. Now I'm like, Neo would finish in the top 10 at all in any of the 14 races. And he puts it in 10th in qualifying. So,
0: Yeah, we just need some more tracks with some great track evolution. <laughs> yes. uh, as I think both Neo drivers will probably, unfortunately, be down in Group 4 mm-hmm. for most of the season. Alexander Sims, uh, back to him with a great qualifying and ending up on pole. Two poles in a row for the Englishman. Wasn't it brilliant?
1: It was. It was stellar. I mean, it was an inspired drive because the pace that Alexander Sims had, we saw him in strong form at the end of last season, but uh, he his best lap time, his super pole run on 250 kilowatts of power, was a 114.563, and that was straight out of the block, so he had his warm-up lap, and then he did his full power lap. And Sam Bird in group qualifying Set a one fourteen point nine four six um, to top the group qualifying stages, and that would have been with 2 two pract- two two warmer laps and then the full power, so you hone it in more. So that run immediately out of the pit lane is impressive. I don't know if it's about if it's um, through track evolution or not, but the pace that Sims had was it was mesmerising. And some people say that the perfect lap doesn't exist, but I think Alexander Sims came very close to achieving that and qualifying because that that lap was something special.
0: And then Stoffel Van Dorn, uh, two and a half, a little bit more than that, uh, tenths off. And then we had Nick DeVries, Eduardo Mortara, so the three Mercedes, Sam Bird after the mistake, and then Jerome D'Ambrosio into the race now what a race this was mm-hmm. we saw a, a very a very um what would i call it sims faded away mm-hmm. I, I feel like he wasn't robust enough yeah in defense yeah and starting on pole got a good start but uh it, it just didn't go the way i thought it would for him i thought sims absolutely going to check out now because that car is just quick, Mm uh, as long as Sam bird doesn't hunt him down. But, uh, that ended up being the case. Mm -hmm. It took him a while and there was some good strategy. Uh, Stoffel van Dorn being unfortunate with the, uh, the safety car. So he couldn't use attack mode, uh, in the second, second running of attack mode very well, but overall a decent race.
1: Yeah, it was very good. Um, it was very strategy driven as well. Uh, so attack mode for Duria, compared to the season five race, it was moved. So in season five, attack mode zone was located on the inside of turn 17. And then they put it around the outside of turn 19 uh, for this race. And that was the equivalent of a two one 1.9 second, two second loss, I believe. So quite a lot of time. So it was important to use attack mode wisely and use it very strategically. And that's what dominated this race, really. And we saw Simson first, um, leading for most of it. And then I think he was, I believe he was struggling with energy management and he, he dropped through the field. And then we had Sam Bird coming up and Bird got into second, I believe, while Stoffel van Dorn was in the lead. So he was leading in his first race for Mercedes EQ. And Mercedes EQ looked set to win this. And then Stoff activated his attack mode and dropped down to third because the top three were that closely grouped. And then about 20 seconds later, the safety car came out. So that removed his attack mode. He couldn't benefit from the power boost. And then it meant that Sandbird couldn't be overtaken, uh, overtaken really. And um, that's how he won. So attack mode is going to be so strategic this year. So strategic. I mean, especially when there is time loss involved. Just want to highlight... Andre Lotterer, mm-hmm. just want
0: to highlight that, 7th to 2nd, what a drive, what a drive for Porsche, first mm-hmm. race on the podium, I mean, he's he's a great defender, he's a great driver, he's, he's absolutely, you know, he's absolutely uh, worth every mm-hmm. penny, I'm sure, because that drive was absolutely stellar to get there.
1: Mm-hmm. It was a great drive, and nobody expected Porsche to get on the podium you know i mean at least with mercedes eq they had the tester yeah, with hwa but with porsche this was their first ever formula e race in that team only andre Loderer and his race engineer had experience of formula e before that and you you could say you could say neil shani but i mean you can't can you cuz it was with dragon in, in season 4 and no one else had done formula e before prior to that moment and then they got second in their first ever race and the thing is, after the race, uh, Andre Loderer turned around and said, you know, he had a fan boost available. And turned around and said, you know, I could probably have hunted down Sam if I wanted to, but I thought I would bank the points for the team. Oh, a wise head. Yes, a very wise head. But if he had, you know, the shock headlines right there. You know, after two years with DS de Chita, taking podiums but missing out on the win, Andre Loderer wins on debut with Porsche. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that would be. Yeah, that would be some headline. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's. I think at this early stage, and you know, at the end of the season, mm-hmm. uh, the team's championship, they're going to need all the points they can get because I feel like Porsche is not going to be fighting with Virgin at mm-hmm. the end of the season.
1: I completely agree with you. I think this is probably a luck thing, um, very much an early season thing uh, when everyone's getting to grips. And Lottero just happened to be at the right place in the right time with that qualifying performance that he had. He just managed to, you know, work his way up the grid, didn't he? And uh, benefited from energy mismanagement from the likes of DeVry and Sims. And then, you know, and, and I believe Eduardo Motara, um, he just kept on making small mistakes and uh, when he was using attack mode. Um, so I believe he ran through attack mode but failed to arm it and missed one of the transponder loops. He did. So lost two seconds there and kept on losing positions that way. So he would have gotten through on that. And just by keeping his nose clean, Andre Lotterer managed to get second. So a wise head in that car is uh, certainly paying off.
0: Yeah. I think we've still got to uh, say that it was pretty decent from De Vries for his first race. I mean, his, his energy management, you could see it early on that it was going to cause him problems. Um, and, and Sims, for some reason, also was a couple of percent behind early on, mm-hmm. and I just couldn't uh, understand it, but uh, obviously Deveree's first race, but a great drive, a great drive, you know, for your first race to come home sixth.
1: Yeah, precisely. I mean, it's very good going, isn't it? It's uh, eight points right there, and eight deserved points as well. And Formula E is different to everything the these drivers have raced in before i mean i believe there was an interview with brendan hartley somewhere who's obviously driving for dragon and if you look at brendan hartley's career he's driven in everything he's driven in uh le mans he's driven in weck obviously uh, he's done formula one as well he's done all sorts as brendan hartley and after driving that dragon car and he's like this is like nothing i've ever driven before and it does just goes to show how different and hard these cars are to drive. It's so difficult.
0: There was one point where Massa had uh, the eye cam. Yes. And he was just looking at the screen, at the mirrors ahead, mm-hmm. picking your braking, you know, looking at the inside, back to the screen, okay. Yep. Over over to the right, make sure you're not going into the mm-hmm. wall. It's just eye movements all the time it doesn't stop and it just you've got so much while driving the car it's not just driving the car anyone can drive it flat out but to think about regen think about attack mode Mm -hmm. i'm sure obviously the teams will be will be looking after that mostly but you've still got to position it to get into the attack mode Uh, you've still got to make sure that when you come out of attack mode that you're not being put into the wall uh, uh, yeah it was just there's there's so much to think about uh,
1: yeah it it is mad but...
0: i struggle to do two things at once that's why uh-huh. it's only your audio
1: medium but uh, <laughs> it's just incredible <laughs> It, it is insane Like when you actually think about it. I mean, a lot of people look at racing and motorsport and go, that's oh, just some geezer driving a car. It's so much more than that because it's it's like being on a unicycle and juggling and everything's on fire. That's how I describe Formula E. Because you're sat in this car, you're driving the car, you're on a street circuit, if you make the tiniest mistake, you are in the wall. It is. Especially with Durye, it's the most... Tricky complex track on the Formula E calendar. You're driving, you're checking your mirrors, you're managing your pace, you're regenning you're talking to your engineer, you're managing your attack mode. If you've got fan boost, you gotta think about that. Can I use attack mode in the time allotted? You know, what if there's a safety car? What about the rules and regulations? Then in safety car periods you've got this energy reduction as well. You've gotta build up a cushion, you gotta do this, you've gotta do that. It is mad. It's absolutely incredible. It's uh, we'll just run down,
0: we'll run down the finishing positions, uh, and then I wanted to have just a little bit of a talk about the rookies. So obviously, Sam Bird, Stella Drive, uh, twenty-six points because he got the point for the group qualifying stages. Andre Lotterer in second, eighteen points. Stoffel van Dorn on the podium, fifteen. Roland twelve. Frein's ten. So a good start for Robin Frein's. Uh, especially out of Group 1. Uh, good recovery from him. Nick De Vries, 8 points. Mortara, 6. Uh, Alexander Sims on 7 points. Uh, in 8th as pole position. Jerome D'Ambrosio and Mitch Evans rounding out the top 10. Uh, Verline missing out in 11th. Massa, Degrassi, De Costa, Turvey, Collado, Neil Jani, Maximilian Gunter, Hartley, and Ma and the DNFs. Vern Buemi and DNS for Muller did not start. They couldn't get his car onto the grid fast enough after a crash in qualifying, which is a shame. It is a shame. Missing the first race.
1: Yeah, I mean, Nico Muller's a very quick guy. And throughout the weekend, I was saying, Nico Muller's going to do very well. I mean, I do qualifying predictions before every race with a few people I know. And I put Nico Muller in third uh, in qualifying. I was that confident because he was very quick in uh, testing. And I think he showed pace in practice one as well. I think he was second fastest driver uh, behind Frinds. And then he crashed the car in qualifying and then couldn't start the race. So very unfortunate start. Very unfortunate start. But I stand by my words. Nico Muller will impress everybody this season. And he will win at least one race. <laughs> oh, yeah! You heard us here. You heard us here. I am putting all of my eggs in one basket because I am telling you, he will win something.
0: Uh, Vern didn't have a very good start to the season with a what was it? It wasn't suspension. It was like the the steering.
1: Um... Yeah, he had a basically he was driving along and thought his steering wheel was quite heavy, and then his steering arm just locked, and ah, yes, yeah, had like a steering failure. Um, and couldn't even drive the car, so yeah, a bit of anno- an annoying start for Vern, but never mind he um you know more points on offer later in the season,
0: yep, definitely, and bohemi not having a great start either,
1: no, I believe Bohemi had a what was it? It was a water pressure pump problem or something like that. It meant that he stopped after three laps and then got the car started again and then just got it in the pit lane, so yeah, a shame. But um, again, Sebastian Buemi, Sebastian Buemi, isn't it? He's the most successful driver in Formula E in terms of wins, pulls and podiums, I believe. So again, he will come back. I'm sure the Nissan car's quick.
0: Well, Roland and fourth. So yeah, no, it's got some pace on it. Mm-hmm.
1: Which is quite good. Bearing in mind they had to switch their powertrain for this season as well in the off season. So
0: mm, yeah, exactly couple I wanted to talk about, James Collado, Neil Gianni, uh, and Hartley and Muller. Well, we can't really talk about Muller, but what did you think of the rookies? Uh, I thought it was a baptism of fire, basically, especially Collado.
1: It was. I mean, yeah, it's always difficult to go into Formula E, isn't it? And for James Collado, it was such an unfortunate debut. I mean, I know he crashed the car in pre-season testing. There was a, in one of the practice sessions, he again hit the wall. But that was, he was impeded by Daniel Apt in that. That was unfortunate, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he was on probably his fastest lap. He was about to go towards the top. And Daniel Apt was just sitting on the apex of a corner. Collado had to take the outside line and just thwacked the wall so hard and um, got a puncture. So that wasn't ideal for him. And then in qualifying, he also crashed, and yeah, I mean, at that point, it's confidence zero, isn't it? It is. And you start really doubting yourself? So a tough debut for him. He did
0: say though that the steering wasn't straight when he was hitting out for yeah, qualifying. There so is that as
1: well. So
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it's just a series of unfortunate events, isn't it? That kind of put him there. Uh, small mistakes, small. I mean, even other drivers from apt and then bang, you're in the wall. So who else was a rookie? Um, I can't even name half the field. You know, there's that many drivers, uh, Brendan Hartley, um, actually had a bet on as to who would crash first this weekend. Um, oh. with someone, uh, he would bring out the first red flag. And my friend said marching Hua, and I said Brendan Hartley, and it was Marr that brought out the first red flag. He crashed on his Outlap and FP1, but Brendan also crashed his car. I think Brendan Hartley, the he's experience, a very experienced driver. It is Formula E. The speed will come. Neil Jarny, um, probably the least inspiring driver on the grid, <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> to be brutally honest.
0: No, no, not the least. He was the
1: least... We know who's the least. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm. yeah, I mean, his pace was well off compared to Lotra, but that's probably expected. I mean, with experience, the speed will come.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Who
1: else is a rookie? Uh, Nick DeVry. I mean, Nick DeVry's pace was fantastic, wasn't it? I don't think we can really fault him this weekend because, yes, his energy management was a bit rubbish. But at the same time, it will come with experience. Exactly. And
0: I guess Formula 2, it's a single-seater series. Whereas, I'm sure Brendan Hartley's been smashing the simulator for Ferrari, but other than that, he's been in WEC. Yeah. johnny has been doing some work, but no racing Mm -hmm. by the look of it, apart from, well, he's in WEC as well, isn't he?
1: I'm not sure. I, w- I want to say that he pulled out of WEC to focus on the Porsche commitments. Because Rebellion only have the one car this year, which is Bruno Senna, Norman Nato, Gustavo Menyes. So, very forgettable.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of him before. That's fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've completely forgot about him. So, no Neil Sharney. Hmm. Uh, so...
0: Chris, who was your driver of the day and also the largest surprise of round one?
1: Um, My driver of the day was Sam Bird, I think. Because Sam Bird, he started from fifth on the grid. And the energy management that he had and the pace that he had was oh, it was special, wasn't it? It was really special. Um, It was good. Yeah, and it, it was probably one of his best wins in Formula E, I would say. Because it was such a calculated drive. I mean, we've seen races where Sam has has like won from the front row and walked it and done this and done that. And A lot of his race wins are good, but this one really stood out. Winning from fifth, he really had to work hard to get up there. And it would have been a total team effort to focus on the energy management and the strategic element as well to get him up at the front. And his, his experience really proved in that first race. It was a, it was a, it was a pleasure to watch. What about for you? Who's your driver of the day? I've got to
0: go with Lotterer, seventh to second. Yeah, first race for Porsche. I mean, stellar drive, great defence, overtaking was stellar. It just it just all came together. It just really did. So, and I think he said himself that really he had no um, expectation on him, just to go out there and yeah make it happen but a podium was definitely more than the team thought was possible and i think that he thought was possible but absolutely brilliant so i'll be looking to see if he can you know continue this uh especially with being that high in the championship group one group two mm. we'll see what will happen
1: yeah it was a, it was a very strong drive from lottery as well he's a very noteworthy driver for race one i think so don't blame me for picking him there no, very very good uh, surprise of round one. Surprise of round one? Um, it would have to be one of the Mercedes drivers, I think. Either, either Van Dorn or De Vries. Because Van Dorn has raced before, I would say Nick De Vries. Third on the grid, sixth in the race. First ever outing in Formula E. Pretty good, isn't
0: it? It is. Yep, I picked De Vries as well, so it, it just, Yeah. Again, it's uh, first race, energy management wasn't quite there, but, uh, you know, first race. What a drive. Mm. It was brilliant. Yeah, it was um, inspired, it was. It was. And, and Mercedes will be rubbing their hands together with that pairing after that sort of performance. Yeah.
1: It is one of the more exciting lineups, isn't it? It is. not it its you got Stoffel van Dorn, fan favourite, allegedly and um allegedly. Nick Debris, who's yeah. Yeah, allegedly with the van boost uh, and then you got nick Devery, who i mean he's a quick driver isn't he he's made a career choice to come over to formula e because there wasn't anything in formula one for him and he's demonstrated his class straight out of the blocks isn't he uh, against very distinguished drivers
0: and good good to have that sort of performance in front of the big boss toto wolf as well who is there in in the flesh
1: yeah of course uh big man Toto Wolf was there this weekend and um he would have been very happy uh with the results so
0: i'm I'm sure you'll sleep easy tonight
1: <laughs> encouraging early signs
0: very encouraging, very encouraging mm. now uh just a few notes before we finish uh there are lots of ways to keep up with formula e this season and well, electric motorsport news in general and some other bits, and I wanted to highlight some of them. Some great publications online, so check them out. Uh, Alt Drive, Inside Electric uh, Motorsport Week slash Motorsport Monday, of course. Uh, Chris, are you still doing anything on there?
1: I am, so I'm still fronting coverage for them for Formula E and the IPC Trophy this season. So you can read all the latest <laughs> legend gossip. Um, from me there and plenty of race reports practice reports reaction and previews uh, and features in motorsport monday if you're that way inclined um got some good stuff coming up um so yeah that'll be good
0: excellent uh and also e-racing 365 as well got some other bits and pieces on there that's quite good okay uh you can follow us on twitter at regen Racing or RegenRacingPodcast.com. Probably the best ways to get us. Is there anything else that you'd like to put forward, Chris?
1: Right, so uh, coming back on the Motorsport Week, we are actually looking for riders. So a number of positions have opened across Motorsport Week and Motorsport Monday, and uh, we're looking to bring a few new riders to our team. So if you're a listener here, and if you're passionate about motorsport, you know, you're always welcome to join. So we're looking for, um, obviously your passion for motorsport is an absolute must. And if you tick that box, you might as well get in touch with us. We've got an opening uh, in our Formula One team, and our IndyCar team, and the World Rally Championship. And it doesn't stop there because also if you're a designer uh, with Photoshop experience um, and Adobe InDesign and Adobe Acrobat, uh, you could help us design issues of Motorsport Monday magazine, which is basically weekend work. All of these positions are, of course, on a freelance basis uh, with pay um, based on talent and experience. You know, your your responsibilities would be race reports, practice reports, and general news items and features for both motorsport Motorsport Week and Motorsport Monday. And we would, of course, like you to have good command of written English. And then the best thing is, once established, uh, you could end up going to events as an accredited journalist. Uh, you can send your applications or find out more by emailing the following email address, which is editor at motorsportweek.com and you have to send in your full name, location, the position you desire, your availability, your past experience and a CV. Uh, You can find out more about that on Motorsport Week as well. Um, I would like to highlight this as a very good opportunity. Um, So I joined Motorsport Week in 2017 and I haven't looked back from there and Motorsport Week really kick-started what I do now. Uh, and without Motorsport Week, I don't think I would be reporting on Formula E anymore. And I would think I would—I don't think I'd be working in motorsport at all, to be honest with you. Um, and the opportunities that they offer are astounding, and it's definitely worth looking at if you're an aspiring motorsport journalist, or if you want to go into PR or communications or something like that. Motorsport Week and Motorsport Monday are a great way to get started in that. And I would fully recommend them. So that's my pitch over. And if you're listening, you know, um, get in touch.
0: Glowing review. Glowing review. Yes.
1: Glowing yeah. review.
0: <laughs> it's a shame I don't have as much time as I would like or else I probably would apply. Um, although it'd be kind of expensive to send me all over the world from New Zealand. So <laughs> that probably counts that out as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is very time Limiting. It depends on what you do, really. If you've got a bit of free time, it's fine. If you haven't, it's not. But we all make it work.
0: Yes, and it's very much appreciated. It is a good read. Uh, and thank you once again, Chris, for joining me. If you want to get in touch with us, hello at RacingPodcast.com. If you want to tell us how bad our predictions were, <laughs> uh, I think I went for Verline uh, for the first race of the season. Or if you just want to say hi or... Talk about Formula E. uh, We never stop. So that would be much appreciated. And also, just again, uh, if you want to check out Hit the Apex, that is an awesome podcast. Go and give Jawad some love. I think that does it.
1: Yes, I think that's it for race one. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, we'll be back with race two. Another absolute cracker. It's just... And uh, to be honest, I've got to say race two (laughs) probably... Probably one of my favourite races, so that'll come out next week.
1: Race two is a corker.
0: Not to be missed. Absolutely not. Do not miss it. Get your podcatchers ready. Yes. Okay, I will say goodbye. Have a good week, everyone. Bye.
1: Bye Bye-bye. Epic.